coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now. We are here to help you with your home improvement projects, your do-it-yourself dilemmas, but you got to help yourself first by picking up the phone and calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Because we kind of live and eat and breathe this stuff, and we're here to help you not be quite as obsessed with your house as perhaps we are. <laughs> Which we are. Because we are. But we are here to help you with uh, some of those smaller projects or perhaps around the house that uh, you can do yourself or perhaps even a bigger project that maybe you want to hire a contractor to do. We can help you with all that if you pick up the phone and call us right now at one eight 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 money pit Well, coming up this hour on the program, time is quickly running out to take advantage of those tax credits for making energy-efficient home improvements. There are lots of things that you can do to save money and energy, but one of the top projects that you can do quickly and easily is adding insulation. And we're going to have tips on a brand new way to do just that. It's a new product. It's a new system that is out that allows you to completely seal and insulate your home against the cold weather. We'll have that in just a bit. And this time of year, you're probably just about ready to take on that last round of yard work outside of your money pit. But we want to help make sure that you are using all of those tools and the equipment safely. So we're going to have advice on yard work safety from this old house lawn and garden expert, Roger Cook, coming up. And also ahead, big holiday meals means big holiday messes to clean up, including those stains like the wine, the gravy, the cranberry sauce. It just gets everywhere. We're going to have some holiday stain cleaning tips, though, that will help make those stains disappear. And we'll tell you what those are in just a bit, too. And since a lot of us across the United States are starting to feel a little bit on the chilly side, we've got a great prize to give away. We're giving up a SunHeat infrared heater, and it's a great way to turn down your thermostat and safely heat only the rooms that you use the most. It's a great product. It's a great prize. It's worth $399. going to go out to one caller that reaches us this hour at one eight 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 Money Pit with their home improvement question. Now, you must have a home improvement question and be willing to come on the air and ask us. We'll toss all of those names in the Money Pit hard hat, and one caller will receive that great sun heat infrared heater. And by the way, they sent me one of these things, Leslie. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, is it working really well for beautiful. you? Beautiful. Working well. Gorgeous cabinet. Infrared heat. Very comfortable. Very safe. And the, uh, the cabinet itself, dovetail construction. I got to oh, tell you, nice. I haven't... I haven't seen that kind of construction in a long time. Unless you want to spend uh, gajillions of dollars on fancy furniture. I'm telling you, beautiful product. So that's going to go out to one caller that reaches us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. So let's get right to those phones. Leslie, who's first? Got James in Texas on the line with a flooring question. How can we help you with this project? Yes, I'm wondering about installing ceramic tile over an existing vinyl flooring. Okay. I've, I've heard both sides of the argument on that, whether sometimes you have to Peel it up and scrape all the paper, and sometimes you can go right over the top of it. I just wondered what y'all's opinion was on was on that. You want to glue the, the ceramic tile down with tile adhesive? Yeah, with thin set. Yo, you can't go on top of the vinyl. You're going to have to put underlayment down first. Okay, it's concrete floor. Right, but you can't go on top of the vinyl. It's not going to stick. It might even oh. actually cause the vinyl to break down. Yeah. And then I don't cause like the, su- you know, the adhesive underneath your ceramic tile to start to move. And then as you step on those tiles, those tiles will crack. Oh, okay. All right. So scrape up all the old vinyl and the paper. And, and, and go uh, from there. That's right. You need to have good adhesion. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for, thank you for the answer. You're welcome, James. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Lil in Arizona is calling in with a patio door question. Tell us what's going on. Well, actually, it's not a patio door. It's a sliding uh, glass mirror door for a closet. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. 
Okay, and what I have, I had stored them underneath the bed uh, for about a year, and I put them back up, and now one of them is cloudy, and I can't get the uh, cloudiness off of it. Huh. What do you suggest? Well, I wonder if the mirror surface is deteriorating, because, you know, when the back of the mirror starts to go, that's what causes uh, that fade to start to form. So it sounds to me like one of the mirrors is, is deteriorating. It's not, if it's nothing on top of it and it's looking cloudy, then the mirror material itself is gone. Well, the other one, they're both stored together, and they were both stored with a blanket. And uh, I, I looked at the back side of the mirrored uh, door, and I see no bubbles or nothing that would, uh, you know, uh, make me think that it is, you know, has deteriorated. I just wonder if there's something on the surface that I could use that might help uh, restore this. Or well, something. the question is this. Is the deterioration, is the cloudiness on the surface or is it underneath? If it's on the surface, you should be able to clean it with any type of a strong glass cleaner. If it's underneath, if it's the mirror material itself that's breaking down, then you're not going to be able to clean it, Lil. Hmm. All right. I'm like I need to buy a new mirror. And you know what the other thing is? If you see any sort of, in addition to the cloudiness, almost like a, a brownish or a blackish mark through the mirror, that could be an adhesive issue to where they attach the mirror to the frame because there's a certain adhesive that you're supposed to use for you know, mirrors rather than anything else. And so if they use the wrong thing, that could cause it to break down. Have you tried white vinegar at all just to see if that does anything? I've tried white vinegar. I've tried everything I could possibly get a hold of, and nothing that seems to be clearing up. I think it's time for a new mirror. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. We are here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, much like that turkey helpline, you know, that's available around this time of year. We are here to help you with all of your home improvement emergencies for this big upcoming holiday of the Turkey Day Thanksgiving. So if we can help you with Anything that you need to get your house ready, your kitchen ready, the dining room ready, you give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, an easy weekend project that will save energy, money, and qualify for a federal tax credit. We're going to teach you about a completely new way to seal and insulate your home in a single step. On the Money Pit Radio Show. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better? Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we'd love to hear what you're working on. So pick up the phone and give us a call right now with your home improvement, your repair, your decor questions, even your turkey recipe tips. We are happy to hear them, help you with them, because we want you all to have a very nice holiday season. And one lucky caller that we talked to on the show today is going to win the original Sun Heat Electronic Infrared Zone Heater. Now, it's a super 
highly effective portable supplemental heater, which can safely warm up to a thousand square foot room in your home. And it's a great way for you to sort of go over to the thermostat, lower it, but still maintain a nice comfy temperature in the room without spending a ton of money on your energy dollars. And it's only $3.99, so it's going to pay for itself in one heating season. And one lucky caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win one, but you have to call us to be in on it. So give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. And if you're not the big winner today, no worries. Head over to their website, sunheat.com. You can learn a lot about this amazing technology, see these beautiful cabinets, and learn how you can save some money this heating season. 888-666-3974 is the number you need to know to get the answer to your home improvement question and a chance at winning that beautiful original Sun Heat electronic zone heating system. Hey, we are all trying harder to be green these days, and despite all the major strides in energy efficiency, homes and buildings use up to 40% of the country's energy resources. That's a lot. And the main use of energy in our homes goes to heating and cooling. So to maximize energy savings and cut down on air infiltration, there is a new system out from Owens Corning that is the first high-performing, affordable whole home insulation and air sealing system. And that's really important because air leakage is a major source of wasted energy in everyone's home. Now, the new Energy Complete system reduces air infiltration by up to 70%. It controls the amount of air that needs to be heated or cold, and it keeps the room-to-room temperatures very consistent. Yeah, and you know what? This is a great way where you can cut down your heating and your cooling bills, and you can actually save up to a third with the Energy Complete system. Now, let me tell you a little bit about how this works. What it is, it's a foam-based flexible seal technology, and you can use it with blown-in or bad insulation, so it's great for additions or renovations, but you can use it in existing areas of your home, too, which is great, because sometimes you can't, based on whether you're a new build or, you know, modifying something. And you're also going to get the added bonus of noise reduction, defense against pests, and less moisture for mold to feed off of. And if you think that your home is fine, you might want to consider that 80 million Americans just don't have enough insulation. So, To find out where the air leaks may exist in your house and to learn more about Owens Corning Energy Complete System, you can visit their website, which is ocenergycomplete.com slash homeowners. Again, that's ocenergycomplete.com slash homeowners. And don't forget, this and other energy-efficient home improvements will still qualify for the federal energy tax credits. You've only got about six weeks left now, so get it done now. This is a really important improvement to make that's going to deliver a lot of benefit to you over a lot of years. Debbie in Florida is calling in with an electrical question. What can we do for you? I have several ceiling fans in my home, and um, when they all have the attached bulbs for the light. Okay. And when I turn the ceiling fan off uh, with the remote, it uh, stops the fan. But the bulbs... At nighttime, unless you, they just constantly flicker, 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 flicker. And unless you turn off the wall switch, then you can't use uh, your ceiling fan, of course. And I was wondering if you knew how to fix that. Hmm. Sounds to me like it's still getting power, and it shouldn't be doing that. Are all the fans of the same, made by the same manufacturer? Yes. Well, why don't you contact the manufacturer? Well, that would be a good idea. That's a great idea. Because I don't think, I, what you're describing is not normal behavior. And, and, you know, there may be a core defect that's affecting all of these fans. But if you've turned off and it's not going off, then something's wrong with the circuit. And when I say circuit, I mean internal. I don't, I don't mean external. Like in the light fixture itself. I mean the light fixture itself. 
Yeah, well, the only way I can stop it is just to turn the switch off. Right, because then you know positively that you have no power going to it, and hence it's not going to flicker. But when you do have power going to it, it does flicker, and it's not supposed to do that. So I would contact the manufacturer and take it from there. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I didn't even consider that, but thank you for your knowledge. I appreciate it. You're welcome, it. Debbie. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Bob in Oregon, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? What I have is I have a gable roof that is going into an existing roof that is going into another gable of the new building. I, and I know, want to know how to flash it. Uh, where the where the roof line meets the the new gable. Yeah, and so anytime you have an intersecting roof section like that, um, there's a couple of ways to flash it. But the best thing is there's a product from Grace, which is a flexible flashing material, and you would put down ice and water shield, and then you would put the flashing material on top of that, and then you would roof over that. Well, now on this existing building, I wasn't going to put a new roof. Well, what you have to do is you have to pull up a few shingles to make the intersection then. Okay, so how far back do I need to go back on those uh, about, on the old about shingles? About three feet, two to three feet, because you okay. want to make sure that you get that you get that intersection done just right. All right. I think that, and how tall is the, um, the flashing itself that goes up against the gable? Um, the flashing itself, you know, it can kind of work its way up the wall, so it can go up about 12 inches. Okay. Well, I think that'll work then. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Henry New York is calling in with a grout question. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. Well, I have a building that was built in uh, 1898, and it has some of the grout, well, the mortar between the bricks that I noticed that were very crumbly. Okay. That's pretty typical. Yeah, I would think so. Probably they didn't have very good cement in those days. Well, it's 100 years old, you know. Yep. I expect by the time that we all get to be 100, we'll be kind of crumbly ourselves. <laughs> yes. Uh, what I was wondering is how deep do I go and take that out? Mm -hmm. What if it's crumbly all the way to the, the whole thickness of the brick? Yeah, it probably won't be, but you're going to go in about half of the distance on the brick and, and repoint it. Okay. And that's not an unusual project. And, you know, there are special masonry trowels for this that are very narrow and allow you to press the, the new mortar mix right in there. Uh-huh. And that would be like a slick, whatever they call it? Mortar, a mortar mix. Yeah, mortar mix. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, some, someone told me that I should just use Portland uh, cement and uh, sand and uh, omit the lime because the lime will draw in moisture. Mm. I don't know. I've never heard that. No? No, and I think the the lime makes it a lot easier to handle the product, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's say I have several rows that are crumbly like that. Should I right. work from the bottom up or for the bo from the top down? I mean, you probably can do it all at once. If it's just several rows, that's not that much. Oh, okay. That sounds great. All right, Henry, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Luella in Oregon needs some help with attic insulation. Tell us what you're thinking about using. Oh, I don't know. That's the reason I'm calling you. I don't know what to use. All, All right. right. How, how, can, how can we help you, and what are you considering? 
Well, I my east roof is made of, I, if it were made of glass, this time of year, with all those fall-colored leaves, one could see a giant Scotch tartan muffler from uh, russet green and gold <laughs> okay. stretched from Canada to Mexico. All right. For as far as eyes can behold. But how do I divorce the intense heat of summer and the cold of winter? Everything up there now is the backside of the roof. You can't see that beautiful view, and I want to mm-hmm. know how to make it into glass. Yeah. Now, um, is this roof over an attic, so do you have space for insulation? I. It's in an attic. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that would block out my view, wouldn't it? Well, wh- what are you seeing now? I mean, you're talking about installing some skylights? Is that is that well, what you'd like to I, do? I just want to be able to see that view. and uh, right, all, all I right. can see well, now is the backside of a bunch of boards. All right, so here's what you need to do. You need to install skylights, and you have lots of options with skylights. We would recommend that you use a curbed skylight, and that means that it sits up off the roof by about four inches. It's easier to make it watertight. And once you put that in, then you have to build uh, what's called a well, which is sort of a light shaft that goes from the skylight through to the ceiling. And then that's all covered with drywall. So when you're done, you can look up and you can look out. And depending on the angle of your roof, sometimes if you have a very steep roof, you put in something called a roof window where you can actually even open it up. So that's an option. Um, While you're working up in there, though, I would make sure that you add some insulation because that's what's going to, you know, keep the rest of that hot uh, radiant heat coming through the roof from getting down into your house and warming it up in the summer. And the skylight that you put in, it should be have low E glass, uh, high performance glass that actually reflects the heat of the sun back out. If you do that, you can have your view. You can watch your birds and you can stay cool in the summer. Luella, thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, you've probably got one last good weekend of outdoor chores before you've got to put away that leaf blower, the rake, and that pruner for good. So up next, we're going to remind you about yard work safety from Roger Cook, and he's the lawn and garden expert from This Old House. And today's This Old House segment is brought to you by Tree Wax All-Natural Hardwood Floor Cleaner since 1935. Tree Wax products have set the standard for quality floor care with a line of waxes, sealers, and cleaning projects. We'll be back with Roger Cook from This Old House next. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by SnowblowersDirect.com. Thinking about getting a snowblower? Check out SnowblowersDirect.com's interactive buying guides, recommendations, and customer reviews. Snowblower experts are available to help you pick the perfect snowblower. Visit SnowblowersDirect.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma. We are here to help you get the job done, whether you're going to do it yourself or hire a pro to help you. We can help you first by sort of getting it all worked out, getting all the pre-decisions made, 
figuring out what kind of materials you're going to need, what you do first, what you do second. Call us, and let's talk about that project. The number is one eight eight eight. Money pit. And Leslie, it's a good thing that my mom called me uh, this weekend about her home improvement project, like, you know, yeah, so many of us. On? Trying to get her house, you know, ready for the holidays. Okay. And, you know, she reads these ads in the papers, and these guys that work the retirement communities, they call themselves like, you know, grout mechanics or something like that, and they're going to come in and fix up all the grout. Is there a so badge that goes along with that? Yeah, apparently. So she's got little tiny sections of grout that are missing in cover of her bathrooms. The guy comes in and says, well, you know, I could patch it, but it's never going to stick and the water's going to get behind it and it's going to rot your wall out. And it was just like a big fat lie. So he's trying to upsell her to now he wants to remove all the grout and regrout the whole thing because that's the right way to do it. And then he gives her a price of about 450 bucks for, for, uh, per bathroom for two bathrooms. But he's going to discount that down to uh, about, I guess, $600 right there on the spot. If she just decides right then and there. Yeah, right then and there. She says, I don't do anything without my son's advice first. So good for her. So she says that. And they're like, and who's your son? Right. No, we didn't get into that part. But then like a couple hours later, he calls her back. He says, well, you know, I've got a hole in my schedule next week. I just had a cancellation. So if you take it, you know, on this uh... date, he was going to give her another hundred bucks off. I mean, come on, you know, you can't, <laughs> you, you've got to be so careful because these guys are everywhere. And it was obviously uh, complete crap what he was trying to sell her and, uh, she and needed expensive. none of that. She needed a minor, minor grout repair, trying to turn it into a uh, you know, big project at hundreds and hundreds of dollars of cost. So be very, very careful when you have a contractor that uses any kind of panic peddling technique in their Who sales seems pitch. You know, too enthusiastic. Yeah. You know, whenever they say that it's got to be done right away or, you know, some evil will befall you. Uh, usually the evil is what's going to fall out of your wallet, all the money you're, you're going to lose. So. <laughs> Be very, very careful. All right, so there you go. Even it happens to us, too, folks. 888-666-3974. Maybe you've got a contractor story like that. Call us. Let's talk about it. Well, working in your yard can be a wonderful opportunity for exercise in the pursuit of a beautiful lawn or garden. Ah, uh, yes, but it can also be an opportunity for backaches and unplanned visits to the emergency room if you are not careful. Here with some tips on how to stay safe while working in the great outdoors is Roger Cook, the landscaping expert from TV's This Old House. And Roger... You know, this is the kind of project that you don't do all the time, and when you do do it, you finally get a lot of energy up and a lot of excitement. You want to dive right in, but man, you can get hurt awfully quick, can't you? Well, there are dangerous parts to it, Tom. You have to assess it before you do it, I guess, is the way to look at it. So where are the most common places that people get hurt doing yard work? Well, usually going out the door when they trip over the stoop <laughs> and fall down. The biggest, the biggest complaint in, to start with is sore muscles and blisters. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you haven't done this for a long period of time, then you should really think about stretching a little bit before you go to do the work or doing a little over a period of time. The other thing is wear gloves. A lot of people don't have the beat-up, callous hands that I have. And once you get blisters, boy, that would put a real damper on the whole day. And do you think it's also you know, an unfamiliarity with some of the tools because you're not using them that often? Is it good to really, you know, read manuals if you've got them and familiarize yourself? Readapt yourself. Every year you go out and you go to do something and it's like, oh yeah, I kind of remember how to do this, but it takes five minutes to read a manual and pick up all the safety tips you need. Now let's talk about lawnmower safety in particular. I mean, that's a certainly can be a very relaxing thing to do on a Saturday afternoon, but as those blades are spinning around, you're throwing a lot of debris with it too. Right. And you always want to have either a bag or they make a shoot deflector on a mower. Never take the shoot deflector off because that keeps those things from flying out of the chute. 
That sounds pretty good, flying out of the chute. <laughs> That's why it's called a chute deflector. deflector. <laughs> but it's very, very important. I've seen windows broken. I've seen dents in cars from things being thrown out. But you got to imagine that the power coming out of that is incredible. I've seen people cutting their lawns in bare feet and shorts. Wow. And it, like, scares the living daylights out of me. Please, when you're using something like a lawnmower, work boots, long pants, gloves, eye and ear protection, they're, no, they're all good things. And keep your kids away. Mm. And whatever you do, don't put them on the mower. I cannot believe how many people do that. It is just so, so dumb. Right. And you watch the kids push down on the handles to make a turn and it's going and the blades are going and everything. Please, no. Now, what about, I mean, so many of us have to use pesticides or certain chemicals to control situations in the yard. I imagine there's a whole host of safety issues there. It's the classic case of minimize what you use is mm-hmm. the greatest thing you can use. So use some organic things where you can't get control. Then you have to use your pesticides and insecticides. But when you do, number one, use the proper protection, even a breathing apparatus and glasses, long pants again so you don't absorb it, and sometimes rubber gloves. But the biggest thing is storage. You want to put that someplace that you're the only one to get at, either under lock and key or up high enough that no kid could ever grab it. And, you know, most of us, or very many of us, I should say, that have garages will store our lawn equipment and our lawn chemicals there. And I think what many people don't realize is that's the one place in your house where toys and toxins are almost side by side. Right. That's pretty scary, isn't it? It really is. One mistake either way and disaster. Exactly. Oh, the soccer ball. It's right next to that chemical pesticide. Right. Go for it. No, that's all right. <laughs> you go get it. <laughs> now, what about string trimmers? Uh, you know, that's a pretty popular uh, tool to have. I see a lot of homeowners using it, the trimmers and the edgers. Uh, what kind of mistakes do people make with those? Again, eye and ear protection is a must. I've seen even commercial guys out trimming without that. And I'll stop and yell at them at the side of the road and say, what are you, crazy? It takes so little for you to lose an eye. One little pebble coming up, and that could be it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing that I think a lot of people get excited to use in the yard has got to be a chainsaw. Hmm. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, I think about one and suddenly I have visions of Friday the 13th, the movie, with hockey masks and, you know, screaming crazy messes. How do you safely use one if you don't use one all the time? Again, read the directions. Don't overestimate what you can do with a saw. A lot of people go out and take a tree that's huge and try to cut it down or cut it up with a little tiny saw, and it won't do the job. And then you start pushing really hard to make it go, and it kicks back and it cuts you. The one thing I will tell you is I use chainsaws a lot. Every day before I start a chainsaw, I say, this piece of equipment can kill you. And that rationale helps me get Mm -hmm. through the day. The other thing I will tell you that when you use a chainsaw, as the day goes on, you get tired. Well, and you become complacent. You just feel like it's repetitive. And the the blade gets dull. Well, yeah. The the blade getting dull isn't as critical as not being in proper position when you're cutting. Okay. Because you're tired. You start reaching and doing things that you wouldn't do instead of positioning your body in the right spot. Roger Cook from TV's This Old House. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. And for more tips on how to work safely around your home, you want to visit thisoldhouse.com. And, Leslie, there's also a great photo gallery there called 11 Ways Yard work can kill, maim, or blind you. Mm-hmm. I know it's a funny title, but it's a really, really important topic, so make sure you check it out. And of course, you can watch Roger and the entire This Old House team on This Old House and Ask This Old House on your local PBS station. And This Old House is brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Up next, looking forward to turkey with all the trimmings, but maybe not so much of the cleanup. We've got your stain removal tips to take some of the work out of that post-Thanksgiving laundry coming up. You live in a body pit. 
making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call right now with your home improvement question, your home decor question. Perhaps you have a repair question because one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win the original SunHeat electronic infrared zone heater. This is one of the best prizes we've given away in months. And I say so because I have one of these and it's great. And we use it in our kitchen, and it keeps us nice and toasty warm. It's yeah, and your very, kitchen is like that problematic heating room, isn't it? It does, because my kitchen is sort of stuck off from the rest of the old house, and it's always been difficult to heat it and cool it. But now we use the sun heat in it, and it's just perfect. It's but you're going to save a ton of money this year. Oh, absolutely, because we're always overheating the rest of the house <laughs> just because to we compensate. need to move the heat into the kitchen, and it doesn't want to stay there. So, yeah, it's called zone heating. You know, we turn down the heat in the rest of the house, but only keep the heat up sort of in the area that you're spending most of your time in, which is like your kitchen or your family room or your living room, whatever. And this original sun heat is an electronic infrared zone heater. It's very portable. It's very effective. And it'll actually warm up to about 1,000 square feet. So great way to save some money and enjoy some heat at the same time. Worth $399. It'll pay for itself in one heating season. But if you have a home improvement question, you can call us right now at one eight eight Money Pit, and you may just win it. Well, all this talk about heating and kitchens is getting me all toasty and cozy and thinking about Thanksgiving. And you know what? We are absolutely soon going to be sitting down to a meal of turkey with all of the fixings. And that meal is fantastic. It's absolutely my most favorite meal in a lifetime. If somebody said, what's your favorite meal? I would say Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, having to cook it for hours and hours and hours doesn't really make you want to eat it that much. But the next day is amazing to have Thanksgiving food. Well, if you're the cooker of the meal, you know that the cleanup is kind of a big giant pain in the rear end, especially with all of those food stains that get all over the tablecloth, the napkins, maybe even your clothing, maybe even on your upholstered furnishings. So if you find yourself in this situation, here are some tips on treating those holiday stains. So if you've got stains from proteins, say like ice cream or eggs, first you want to dab the stain with a dry sponge. Then you soak the stain in cold water. And what you want to do is agitate the fabric between your fingers and then wash it with a detergent that contains enzymes and it's going to say so on the back of the container and the cold water is important when you're getting rid of protein stains because if you use hot water or the dryer before the stain is totally worked out it's going to set that stain in permanently and you will never get it out of there now for a tannin based stain and that would be like a red wine or a coffee stain you want to blot up any extra liquid then wash it with a detergent in hot water never use dish soap to get rid of tannin stains because they will become permanent. Oil-based stains like salad dressing can also be sprinkled with a talcum powder or baking soda to help absorb it. And you want to use a solvent-based stain remover and then wash it off in hot water if the fabric allows. So hopefully you won't have any incidents that require those stain removal tricks of the trade. But if you do, at least now you are prepared. Let's see if we can prepare you to tackle your next home improvement project. Call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. Wendell in Michigan needs some help with actually a heating idea. Blowers to a fireplace. Good idea or bad? Welcome, Wendell. Well, I've got a heat later fireplace that vents outside the wall and okay. uh, don't have a blower. It puts out a lot of heat. My question is, is there going to be any advantage to putting in a blower in addition to just letting it uh, 
uh, thermal, thermal siphon. Well, if it uh, feels like it's delivering plenty of heat right now, I don't know that uh, adding a blower is going to make that much difference to it. It's going to be an expense to uh, mm-hmm. buy it, to install it, and to run it. To run it. They all run off of electricity, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And they're also a little bit noisy sometimes. So if you've got a good natural convective loop, it's working well within the room, I don't think I would add a, a blower to that. Yeah, I was kind of feeling that way, and uh, so I, I'm, I'm glad you confirmed it. Uh, our pleasure, Wendell. Anytime you need somebody <laughs> to agree with you, you just call the Money Pit. We'll help you out. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, making over the garage is often the last frontier in home improvement, but a simple project like redoing your garage floor with epoxy paint can deliver dramatic results. We're going to have tips on how to make sure that project goes smoothly next. The Money Pit is brought to you by Bostitch. Professional quality hand tools, pneumatic and cordless nailers and staplers. Choose the brand that pros trust most. Bostitch. Available at Lowe's and other retailers. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti, and we'd love for you to head on over to MoneyPit.com. We've got a great section there all about weekend project ideas. And I know the last thing that you need is somebody telling you what to do. Go around. You got your wife to do that. Oops, did I say that? It's true. We know your spouses nag you. Husbands, wives, we all do it. But this here is really advice that you can actually use. We're going to break everything down for you each month so that you know exactly what to do to keep your home running smoothly and uphold its value. You know, lots of good projects that are really worthwhile and you can find your November and December weekend tips at moneypit.com right now so you can put them right into your calendar. And while you're on moneypit.com, you can head on over to our community section and post a question just like Joe did. And Joe says, I painted my garage floor with an epoxy garage paint. For two years, everything was just fine. This summer, my car developed a very slow gas leak. Well, that can't be good. And in the spot where the gasoline pool, it ate through the paint and some of the concrete. Wow. Wow. What kind of gas he's using? What can I fill and seal that soft area with so that I can recoat it? Um, well, all right. First of all, did I mention that my car is from Back to the Future and it's a plutonium-based yeah, Lamborghini? Apparently. <laughs> apparently. First a of all, fix the gas leak. And secondly. Uh, what you can patch it with, you want to clean it very good, I would use a TSP, a trisodium phosphate solution, to uh, scrub that area and make sure you're getting as much of the old uh, fumes and oils out of that. Is there anything he has to do to treat the, the area of concrete that it sort of ate through, it, nah. perhaps if it leached into the ground or anything? No, because I, I would just clean it really well and then mm-hmm. let it dry really well for a few days. And then what you want to do is use an epoxy patching compound because that'll stick to it. Not the epoxy paint, but an epoxy patch compound. Mm-hmm. And then once that dries, then you can repaint the entire garage floor with another yeah, layer of epoxy Yeah, you can't just patch paint. it, right? With the paint, rather. Nope. You can't just paint nope. that one area. No, you've got to rebuild the deteriorated section of, of flooring. Okay. All right, Joe, I know that's going to help you out. Now we've got an email here from Jim who writes, I live in a ranch home built in the 50s with one and a half baths. The water level in the main toilet bowl is low. The tank fills fully and flushes well, but the bowl only refills about 30%. We also have some slow drains in the shower and the sink in the same bathroom. Is it a venting issue, a partial clog? Do I need a plumber? I would just replace the uh, fill valves and the flush valves. You know, it doesn't matter what goes wrong with your toilet. For about 20 bucks, you can buy all the parts you need to replace them, mm-hmm. pretty much rebuild in the middle of it. I suspect that the uh, fill valve's not set correctly and you're not putting enough water in. 
Mm-hmm. But why not? Why not just change the fill valve, change the flush valve? They do break down. They've got to be replaced every couple of years anyway, and that's the easy way to fix that, Jim. And what about the slow drains in the shower and the sink, being that they're in the same bath? I'm not connected. No, not at all? I don't think so. All right. Richard in Alaska writes, I live in Alaska and am interested in a tankless water heater. The house has two baths. Our water comes into the house at 40 degrees. Is the water coming into the house too cold to use a tankless? No, absolutely not. Uh, Tankless units can work uh, because they basically take water from, you know, near freezing and then bring it right up to temperature. They're designed to do that. They use a lot of gas for a very little amount of time to heat that water up. And that's what makes them so darn efficient. So you shouldn't have any concerns about using a tankless water heater uh, on uh, 40 degree water that's coming into your house, Richard. I think it'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. My goodness, that is a chilly, chilly shower if you did not have a water heater, Richard. I <laughs> dare you to take a 40 degree shower and then write us a note when you stop shivering. <laughs> and enjoy your new tankless. Don't forget about your energy credits. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We hope that uh, your your Thanksgiving plans, your holiday plans are well underway. If at any time, though, you have a home improvement question that comes to mind, one that must get done, pick up the phone and call us any time of the day or night at one eight 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 Money Pit, and we will call you back the next time we are in the studio. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.